Sometimes attending mass with young children can feel like we might need a survival guide. Are we supposed to sit in the cry room or is there a better way to tackle the Sunday liturgy? So what we're going to talk about today is practical ways to make the liturgy a more meaningful experience for our families, how to engage our children in celebrating the Mass at their stage in life. So we hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Welcome back. Good to see you. It's good to see you. It's been a while. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Good to see everyone. Uh, Welcome back to our Eucharist series. Uh, If you're just tuning in for the first time in a while, Uh, We have been walking through uh, the section of the Catechism uh, on the Eucharist on the St. Philip Institute podcast Mm -hmm. um, with Dr. Luke Arredondo. And over here, as always, we're trying to take those beautiful teachings of the church and apply them to daily life, daily living. (laughs) And we've talked a little bit about, you know, increasing reverence for the Eucharist and um, just receiving the graces that are available to us in the Eucharist. But today we're really going to get real as far as attending Mass as a family, attending Mass with our kids. And some of these things I think are going to be good, whether you have children or not. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's one of those things where I had beautiful experiences at Mass. And then when you have kids, you're like, wait, what's not that they weren't beautiful experiences, right. just different in their own kind exactly. of familial beauty that happens in the pew. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I know we all have our, our horror stories. Um, we've shared them here before of things <laughs> that have happened during Mass, things that have been said during Mass at the most sacred moments. Um, but yeah, just really applying um, how to prepare for Mass. And this is good whether you're trying to get four kids ready or you're just trying to prepare yourself to enter mm-hmm. into the the sacred liturgy um, and also how do we bring that into our home life because as catholics we believe in the true presence right and we believe that that mass i mean celebrating the eucharist is the source and summit of our faith uh, but we're not just catholic at mass on sunday right. and the eucharist isn't doesn't only matter at mass on sunday but how do we bring all of those beautiful teachings into the home and how that can also transform how we worship no absolutely cuz when we talk about the mass it is for as catholics our highest form of prayer mm. and worship and so um it's not one of these things where like, oh, we're just going to go do that on Sunday. There are things that we can do throughout the week that really help us to pray better, to have um, a heart that's more, that can enter into worship better, whether or not we have kids. And so just realizing that the the goal of the Mass is to worship our Lord and Savior and to take with like an element of um, of gravity the attention that we put into mm. preparing ourselves, preparing our home, and any person in our care to really enter into as fully as we can um, that sacrifice of the Mass. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited to, to break some of this open. And I think before we dive into, you know, how to tackle the Mass <laughs> with, with kids or preparing for, for Mass, regardless of your state in life, 
I know one question that a lot of parents have is like, well, when should I start bringing my kids to mass or why should I bring my children to mass if they're only going to make noise or they're not going to understand what's going on? And it's like, as a parent, I'm just going to get more frustrated if I try to go to mass with my kids. Um, So maybe we can dive into that first. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as far as when to start bringing your children to mass, I think a lot of that is prudential, mm-hmm. a prudential judgment with parents. But um, according to like the to canon law, like once they've reached the age of reason, um, and that they're baptized and reached the age of reason, they've gotta I mean go. they got to go. So, but we don't want to wait until they're seven right. <laughs> to bring them. I, right. I think getting them used to being in God's house. Um, our children are absolutely capable of rising to the occasion of what we expect from them. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of it too is like, what do we expect you yeah. know, from our kids? I know we're gonna yeah. dive into that a little bit later. So I've always been a fan, like we are a family and God gave me these children. So I'm going to bring them as young as they are. But I know that there are some families who are like, you know, with a little toddler or a little baby, infant baby, they're like, um, not gonna bring that one, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they can stay the parents switch off masses or they have grandparents yeah, that the baby can stay yeah. with. So there's no judgment there. I think I think those are really left up to the discernment of mm-hmm. parents. But um, I'm a fan of bringing them in right away. Um, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't no. necessarily mean it makes my, my celebration <laughs> of the mass more peaceful. Right. But, I mean, we have to start bringing them at the age of reason, right? But um, have to. Like, that's not a negotiable. Right. But our young children are they're capable um they're all of them are capable of being touched by the grace of god yeah so i would say for me i bring them as soon as i can yeah that's been our experience is um just and it and it was different you know having one child versus four and my kids are, are very close in age so when we were bringing all four to mass my oldest would have been five and the youngest one was a newborn um and then you throw covid in there but anyway <laughs> um but i think that if we because there are parents that i have heard who have said things like well i'll just wait until they're older or when it's time to mm-hmm. get ready for first communion But there's so many benefits, I think, to bringing our kids from a young age, even with all the battles that (laughs) will occur Mm -hmm. during Mass or trying to get people to sit still, um, how will they learn? Because it's not like just because they've turned five, six, seven, that all of a sudden, like, okay, now I can sit through Mass. But finding what works best for your family. And if that means splitting up Masses so that, you know, some kids go with mom and some kids go with dad for a season, that's okay like discern that together but the best thing that you can do is to to bring them from a young age and to to get them used to that and i know that one of the biggest concerns is you know my kids are going to make make noise and uh we're going to distract the people around us but um a story to share (laughs) um when we i think we we may have had three at this point but There was one mass in particular where Simon was making a lot of noise. And every time Simon made a noise, there was a woman like four or five, or no, maybe three pews ahead of us who would turn around every time Simon made a noise. And we had been at masses before where there was an an individual who was turning around and looking at us and just giving us this look. And I was just crushed by it and probably cried after mass. And, um, 
But at this particular mass, um, where this woman kept turning around, I was like, I hope she says something to me. I hope, <laughs> I hope she says something to me at mass. And this is why I need Jesus, right? <laughs> I was like, she's gonna say something to me after mass. And oh, I am going to have my, my witty um, response or sarcastic response for her. So again, she kept looking, I was like, yep, come, come talk to me after mass. And sure enough, at the end of mass, this woman came up to us and I was like, here we go. <laughs> You're ready. <laughs> I was ready. And she said, you have such a beautiful family mm. and you're doing a great job. And I just, I melted like, oh, this is why I need the mercy of God. And I need to go to confession often. But that is what, that is what families need. Yeah. Yes. Our kids are going to make mass and make noise in mass. Um, but the parish has a responsibility to, be a, a place of welcome for families and to support parents in their vocation. And like the catechism said in 2226, parents have the mission of teaching their children to mm -hmm. pray and to discover their vocation as children of God. The parish is the Eucharistic community and the heart of the liturgical life of Christian families. It is a privileged place for the catechesis of children and parents. So if your kids are making noise at mass, Thank God, right? <laughs> Thank God yeah. that they are. Um, what is it they say? If the church ain't crying, it's dying. That, yeah. There's some truth to that. <laughs> there is. I think there's some truth to that. But if you get those mean looks from people, like just pray for that person. Um, mm -hmm. But just know that there are more people there who are grateful for your presence because your presence is needed and it is necessary. So sorry, I talked. <laughs> no, I think it's great. And I think it's wonderful to share those stories because parents could pick a million other activities that are much easier mm -hmm. to bring their children to, mm -hmm. right? So the fact that they are um, taking their call as parents to bring them um, to Mass, to try to do their best to make sure that they're at least in the presence of God. And mm -hmm. I know for me, I have fumbled and stumbled through how can I better teach my kids about the Mass so that they're really engaged in what's going on. Um, but we're there, yeah. right? I mean, and I, I think any parent who is bringing their children are doing it because they are saying this call to parenthood, like I have a responsibility and mm -hmm. an obligation to raise my children in the faith. So this is what we're doing. Yeah. And um, it's hard when, when receiving criticism about those things or the looks or uh, so my my take has always been like Jesus gave me this child, so I'm just gonna bring it back to the Lord. There you go. I and like that. but it I is like it that. it becomes one of those things where a lot of my time at Mass has been me fighting my own insecurities about what other people are thinking about, yeah. you know, yeah. my situation. Right. And I'm not saying don't care, right? Because we're right. family. I mean, the liturgy is is our communal worship. So being prudent about like, oh, when do I need to bring the child out? Or, you know, yeah, we call yeah. it the walk of shame <laughs> down the aisle because we sit in the very front row. So Good if anyone's misbehaving, we're like, here we, here go. we go. But the great thing about sitting at the front <laughs> mm -hmm. is their voices carry upwards. So really the only person who can hear us is like the priest and the altar servers. So Jesus, usually, yes. usually the people in the back don't really. There you go. That's such a good on. strategy. We got to mass one Sunday, like right, like two minutes before. And the usher was like, oh yeah, I'll walk in. And he walked us all the way to the front. And I really appreciated that confidence that he had in us that Sunday. <laughs> and there were other families there too, but that's, that's the way. 
way it should be. Yeah. 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 So I'm, as far as like getting ready for mass and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit, but actually sitting at the front of the church as as scary as that can be, I know for us that has actually been some of our better masses mm-hmm. is when we're we're sitting towards the front and the kids can can see what's going on. But what are some other ways that we can prepare our children and ourselves to mm-hmm. enter into the sacred liturgy? So I guess the 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 first thing that I'm going to give is it's not really religiously based at all, but it's like are we taking care of the physical needs of ourselves and our children before Smart. we go? Yeah. So I mean, if we're hungry, if we're tired, um, if that morning getting ready for mass has been like super rushed because we didn't budget our time well, Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily create an environment conducive to prayer. So I think a lot of it just goes to like, what are we doing on on Saturday night before Sunday morning? Mm. So it might be rearranging our schedule for an earlier bedtime, at least for the kids, Mm -hmm. Um, planning breakfast ahead of time. Like... Anything, and of course we yeah. all know what goes on in our own family. But am I, is my kid getting enough rest? Yeah. Are they getting a sufficient breakfast? Yeah. Um, to where they're not like screaming, like I'm starving. They still might scream that during mass. But um, do we know that their bodily needs are taken care of? Yeah, yeah. And Laying that's the clothes first thing. out the night before, finding shoes the night before. Uh, so <laughs> I used to do that, and um, <laughs> one of my children. Uh, likes to be sort of creative and doesn't like limited options. Mm. So even if I laid out clothes, she'd pick the top from one and the bottom from another outfit and put them together. And I'm like, it doesn't really match. And so I just stopped caring. There you go. I was like, you know what? Good for you. That's, (laughs) this is how, this is, this is just This is real life. And this is great. Yes. Um, And uh, the shoes that she would wear, like that put on like, or when she would get dressed herself at like the age of four and she was so happy. And I'm like, but she did it herself. She this did is it great. Herself. This is yeah. great. Um, but yeah, I think that there's just a lot of practical things, logistical things that can make Sunday morning run mm-hmm. or Sunday afternoon, whenever you go, run a little easier. Yeah. So that that's the sense. first thing. Nice. I like it. Um, and I would say probably one of the other things is um, having something for them, especially if they're small, to like look at like a religious book that's always mm-hmm. been helpful because if they're like, oh, what, what is this in your book, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's tons of great books out there that can help a child follow the mass yeah. at any age. Yeah. Um, little cutesy picture books, mm-hmm. um, but religious ones, right? Mm-hmm. I would not, I try to bring to mass religious things. That's so, good. Yeah. <laughs> so those are, I guess the top two. What yeah. about you? Um, I have more, <laughs> but I don't want to talk for... <laughs> I, I guess for me, like total disclaimer, we we are still figuring it out. We're we are still figuring it out for the the Johnston family. So there's a lot. Of, I know that the best masses for us are the ones when we have planned ahead. Mm-hmm. Like we we know what everybody's wearing. We have found shoes. We've gotten there early because it gave the kids time to get settled instead of us rushing in trying to find a seat. And, and all of that, that those have been times when uh, behavior has been better during mass. But even when all the stars align and, and everything has, has worked up, has worked out well up until the point that we got into the pew, there's still going to be times where there, there is no recipe for, for success. Right. Um, but, but yeah, just planning ahead has been a, a really good practical tool. 
Um, as far as like preparing for the mass itself or, or um, yeah, like preparing to like sit and receive, um, what are some things that, that would be helpful to, whether you have children or not, to, yeah. to prepare for the liturgy? Um, well, I say for adults to do like a heart check. Mm. <laughs> um, I know that in my life, and this goes for anything, when I'm rushing, when I feel like I'm in a frantic mode to like get somewhere, it takes me a while to, once I'm there, to just kind yeah, of settle. calm down and yeah. be in a, uh, have a disposition of receptivity and being open. It's just yeah. like frustration and, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, so for me, I think a lot of it is just keying in on like what's necessary so that my heart is in the proper disposition yeah. to receive God's word, to receive God in the Eucharist, um, And so I try to minimize the things that are leading me to, on a personal level, to frustration. So that way my heart is more properly disposed. Yeah, yeah. um, To that. And so so that's one of them, is just looking at those things that in myself that I know get me to a heightened sense of not really being open Mm -hmm. or self-focused and trying to, a lot of preventative to get me from that spot. Yeah. But a, a really practical thing is like reading the readings ahead of time. I like that. Because um, we we go to the Latin Mass, and so I don't know Latin. We've been going for years. I still have no idea Latin. So reading the readings ahead of time so I know what's going on. And even though they're said um, during the homily time in English, they're read in English, mm-hmm. it's still good to yeah. Uh, yeah. to kind of know what to expect. And every time you read Scripture, there could be something different mm-hmm. that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like to bring something to write with. So if the priest says something like during a homily, write that I like to down. write that down, yeah. you know, um, to sort of be engaged. What I've started to do is bring my actual Bible into church. And so even though there's missiles that have the readings, I like to go and look that in my Bible because I like to underline and oh, I like smart. to highlight. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll write little messages off to the side of my Bible. So then that's something that I always have. And so I like to look that up so for me engaging in the readings um ahead of time being aware so that way i can just again that also helps me sort of prepare my heart to be in a position of really receiving god's words that i can receive him in the eucharist i love that i love that and reading the readings ahead too like if you happen to need to step out with or escort Mm -hmm. a little person out during a reading you haven't (laughs) missed it (laughs) i know ahead of time (laughs) um i know one of the big questions for parents is well, where should we sit or should we just mm-hmm. go to the to the cry room? And, and I have seen some cry rooms in, in my seven years of parenting. There was one parish that I went to, not in East Texas. I think it was, it might have been the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Um, and the cry room was like a closet with an itty bitty window and mm. it was dark and you felt like you were being punished to go back there. But <laughs> I think some parents have assumed like, well, I should automatically just, I should just go to the cry room. And there's lots of different reasons for cry. And I don't want to be like, never go to the cry room. There was one point in my life when I only had one infant that slept through mass where I would have said, never go to a cry room. But but now real life, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it is necessary. It is, it is good and just mm-hmm. <laughs> to be in the cry room. Um, but to not, I guess the encouragement that I would want to give to parents is to not feel like just because you have kids who are wiggly that you should automatically go to the cry room. It's mm-hmm. there for a reason, but 
to and to do what's best for your family. If you were in a season where the cry room is where you feel like you'll be able to enter into the worship better, mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the the season that you're in. But also to remember, like don't be not afraid. Be not afraid yeah. of of loud children. And when it's time to step out, like you can step out. That's totally fine. Um, but like we were saying before, sitting towards the front has actually been really good for mm-hmm. our kids because they can see what's yeah. going on. And so during the mass, we're able to point out things like, oh, look at the look at the candles. Or mm-hmm. that's been a way for us to distract our toddlers, too, is to ask them, like, well, where's Mama Mary? Yeah. And where's Jesus? And that'll buy us some time <laughs> as far as getting them through um, certain parts of the mass. But that ability for them to see what's going on I think really plants a seed as far as this is why we're here. Right. Like, look at look at what's happening. And when they spend the entire mass looking at the someone back else's of someone, back, yeah. right? It's it's frustrating, and I yeah. and I don't blame them. But um, but yeah, just to to have that courage to to sit towards the front and to do it more than one one week because yeah. it, it will get better. <laughs> yeah. It will. And I we stopped going to cry rooms a, a long time mm-hmm. ago. Um, again, nothing against cry rooms, and this is not in East Texas, but our experience was that the cry room was the place where exhausted parents went to just let their kid just... <laughs> run free you know what i'm yeah, tired of dealing is, with this and so yeah that's a danger so at this particular and this was years ago so i'm sure it's different um <laughs> so charitable. it was it was this um almost free reign for the kids like yeah. sippy cups everywhere yeah snacks climbing over um and i and for me me trying to um really draw attention to like my child who for that reason had to be in there for for a moment it became really distracting for um, for my child too. Yeah. And so for me, the cry room was a place like if they needed to calm down from a temper tantrum and mm-hmm. like, okay, um, the place where I could talk to my child about this is why we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, if they're old enough to, right. to be able to talk to them in that way. Right. Um, I just had a thought. But, <laughs> the cry room is like purgatory. Like it's not, you're not supposed <laughs> to stay there. You're in movement right. towards... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the heavenly liturgy, right? Like it's not. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. but no, it was it was a really distracting experience for me to be in the cry room because it was almost like chaos. Yeah, it can you be. Know? It really it um, can be. I think the cry room is best for for moms who have infants, like infants. Yeah, who, yeah. You know, but I think once our kids get to a point where we can. We had to start teaching that the habit of attention, mm-hmm. which they can learn from such a young age. Exactly. But that's something again, as kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. Like if the only time we expect this sort of habit of attention um, towards religious things is at mass, that's not that's yeah. not enough. Right. Right. It's like saying um, we're going to enroll them in baseball mm-hmm. or whatever, and then they have a game this day of the week, but you don't go to practice at all. We're not going to expect our kid to know all of the skills. Right? Right. There are just right. skills that, to learn with yeah. our kids. Yeah. No, I like that. And that's a that's a good transition to really thinking about like, okay, well, how do we take some of these elements from the mass, from, from our church, from these places of worship and bring them into our home so that the crucifix is not only seen when we go to mass on Sunday, but we have a place in our home where we, where we have sacred things Mm -hmm. um so what are some ways that that we could like 
incorporate that more. Like having a having a uh, a crucifix always a really good thing. I know we've talked before about having a family altar if yeah. possible, and just having a space that is sacred yeah. in the home. Yeah, that's just used for that purpose. Yeah, you know. Um, so like in our living room, we have like a little um a table. And that's where we gather on to pray our rosary. Like that's nice. our that's our gathering space. Nice. You know, we also use it for other things. But during the time of prayer, mm-hmm. like that's what the focus. Is. And we we are teaching our kids during those moments of prayer. Like this is your posture during prayer. Yeah. This is the expectation. Yeah. Um, saying the prayers, and so that's something that's repeated every single day at our home. Yeah. You know, so they're getting used to like, okay, there's a time and a place for like I'm praying. My focus should be this way. Yeah. Um, and we're not just teaching them that. You only pray on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think incorporating sacred images, Mm -hmm. um, I think there should be sacred images in every room, Um, at least one, to draw our attention um, uh, to Christ um, and to heavenly things. But uh, when I was thinking about this, I think there were three things that came to my mind when we're talking about how can we take elements of the Mass and really live them in our homes and sort of... Uh, the three things is one is it's the highest form of prayer. Mm. So we just have to teach our kids how to pray, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and that starts when they're yeah, young and they may only have. compartmentalized. Right. It's, yeah. So teaching them like behavior during prayer, that they know that prayer is our conversation with God and making sure that prayer is part of our everyday worship. And this is just the ultimate form of prayer that yeah. we have um, to worship God. Uh, so that I think should be part of our every single day experience with our kids and that's going to look different mm-hmm. you know but just getting family, them yeah. used to yeah. used to prayer um and then you have like the liturgy of the word so um that's part of the mass and they're hearing the bible stories at mass but we need to be reading scripture at home mm-hmm. and so getting them used to um, listening to the Bible, because there's language in the Bible that's not necessarily part of our everyday yeah. experience. Yeah. So um, just reading scripture at home, talking about the Sunday readings, um, al- allowing them to have either their own Bible or um, picture Bibles and mm-hmm. just time at home, getting them comfortable with God's word, getting mm-hmm. them used to these things. Mm-hmm. When I have been diligent about reading the readings ahead of time, or we've been reading some scripture at home. When they hear that again at mass, they're like, I've heard that. Oh, we know this story. You know, yeah, and that's, that's just awesome. really great that to see cool. them connecting yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and so just learning to do that. So daily prayer, scripture reading, and then and then we get to like the liturgy of the Eucharist, which is um this sacrificial meal. And I think one of the things that we can do every day is highlighting the family meal at home. Yeah. Uh, because it's around, it is around the Eucharistic table, right? The altar that we as a community gather to be in communion with God and each other. Mm-hmm. And if our children don't understand that like, mealtime is important, like as a family, um, then it can make it a little bit more difficult to realize like there's something really special happening here. Yeah. So I think just a, a way to incorporate the idea that we are going to gather on our family table and we're going to share a meal. We're going to be nurtured in our bodies. And while we're doing that, we're going to be in relationship with each other. And in that context, you can train your kids also um, proper etiquette, yeah. sitting still, listening to the person talking, um, 
like again, working on that habit of attention. Yeah. Uh, and those are times that can really be formative. And so when you take something that they're used to multiple times during the week and they're like, okay, you know how we do this at home and mm-hmm. how this is really important for our family? Well, this is this is the best meal we'll ever participate yeah. in. Um, and that table right there is the table of the Lord. And we're going to yeah. partake of, even if you can't partake of him yet, mm-hmm. um, this, what's happening is really important. And since they already have a personal experience of that, you're feeding on something that they already know and are familiar with. So. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I know when this episode comes out, we're going to be getting really close to Holy Week. And uh, the Triduum is a really great time to to highlight those things for our kids or mm-hmm. Holy Thursday and some of those uh, those sacred traditions that we have as part of those liturgies. But, um, but yeah, I guess just as a final word of encouragement, like, I know that we're called to, what is it, full conscious active participation mm-hmm. um, in the Mass, and that's going to look different <laughs> depending on what season of parenting you're in or just um, you're single or married or have children. Uh, but bringing your children to Mass is such a gift for your children. It's a gift for yourself, and but it's also a gift to the wider parish community. Mm-hmm. And I think you said this in the, the last episode, like the expectation is not that um, that there is perfect silence in mass. Like that's, it is communal worship. Mm-hmm. And that community includes the one-year-old and the 99-year-old. Like it's everybody, right? Yeah. Um, so to know that you belong there, because I, I feel like sometimes our parents are like, well, we're, we, we shouldn't go because we don't fit into a certain category. Jesus wants your, Jesus wants all of you. And mm-hmm. that includes that bag of goldfish that might've spilled in the pew <laughs> and um, the wiggly toddler or the, the preteen that's rolling their eyes and isn't sure, you know, why they're there. But God wants your family at mass and it's so needed. And I think it's also a word of encouragement for the rest of the community that we should be uplifting and encouraging one mm-hmm. another and um, like patting each other on the back because we <laughs> we made it through another mass um, yeah. and just to have that like sense of solidarity. But God wants your family at mass. And even if you yep. get those those stabby looks from that one person, um, God wants your family at mass. And uh, it, it is a, a little by little uh, journey. And I mean, the, the fruits of that Huh, we can't even we can't even imagine. Um, so yeah, yeah. No, the spiritual graces that just hit our soul just by being in the presence of Jesus. So again, encouragement to every single parent out there: stay the course. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. I'll be there with you. <laughs> So we encourage you to uh, continue listening um, also to the St. Philip Institute podcast. Um, The things that Dr. Luke Arredondo is breaking open over there have just been really beautiful just to to see the richness of the teachings of the church. And um, we're excited to see, uh, yeah, just how this series continues, but also the other things we have planned for for the rest of the year, hopefully some special guests um, coming on. But... Thank you so much for for being part of this community. And uh, yeah, let's end with prayer. Sounds good. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of our faith. We thank you for the gift of the sacraments and especially the Eucharist. Uh, Lord, we ask that you help us to draw close to your Eucharistic heart. 
that you help us to draw our families close to you and um, to really receive all the graces that you want to offer us. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.